You're listening to The Dollop. This is a, what I like to call a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, and my dog, Maple, tell a story from American history to our friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. You really are really stretching that tail. Is holding the microphone to the dog's tail to show that he is capable of giving others joy. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. People say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Jane, November 20th, 1969. Hot. Hot date. Hot. James Scott was born in Illinois. He grew up in the town of Quincy on the Mississippi River. Quincy had at one time been the second largest city in Illinois. In the 19th century, it was a bustling area that linked riverboats and trains. Sure. You know how important that was. Huge. I mean, get off so the boat, much depended on that. Get off the boat, get on the train. You remember the song? I've always, the village people sung always that. loved that song, Get Off the Boat, Get on the Train. Yeah. Uh, the city got its first skyscraper in 1925. I bet they're fucking oh, just, just cocky insane. at that. Oh. So cocky. Well, now what? <laughs> How much bigger can we get? Life achieved. Next. Uh, its first bridge was built across the Mississippi in 1930. When James was born in 1969, the city population was at its peak, around 45,000. <laughs> the dog is just looking deep into my eyes. Yeah. No, the, dog, the dog's not kidding around. <laughs> James had a normal Midwestern life growing up. Uh, he got average grades in school and was athletic, playing soccer and football. He was a, a quote, real sports nut. Well. See, no, I see no problems. But things started going south when he was just 13 years old. <laughs> That's when James began his reputation as a bad seed. He and his brother Jeff burned down Webster Elementary High School. Whoa, that's... Bull. That's, that's not a prank. <laughs> Look, if you're, going, if you're going bad, go bad. I mean, that's, that's evil. Go, go full bore. Very, very bad. Don't mess around. Very bad. Some it's pe- not, I mean, that's not cute. No, it's not. It's not. Well, you, it's not a. It's not a thing where the kid runs back and you go, "You rascal! Yeah, you burned down yeah, the school." Yeah, it's yeah. not one of those. No. Uh, so, well, egg on our face, boys. <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> so, a uh, hundred thousand square foot school destroyed. Uh, James had uh, dreams of grandeur. The night he burned down the school, he sat in his bed awake for most of the night, thinking about what he had done. He knew newspapers would cover the story, and maybe even TV stations. He was about to become a celebrity. With one drawback being he couldn't tell anybody that he had burned down the school. Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) he was caught, and uh, so began his life of crime. Now, due to their their juvenile status, I don't know what happened to him, but they were caught. Okay. We know that. That was that was before you charged people as adults, probably. Yep. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Always a fun little wrinkle. Oh god, I love putting a thirteen-year-old in the <laughs> yeah. fucking fed pen, oh, man. God. In the pen, thirteen-year-old. Yeah. yeah. You want to act like a man and burn down a school? Then why don't you get treated like a woman in prison? Wait, what? I made a mistake. I was thirteen. Not in America. <laughs> Pack them in. So. 
Uh, he said other, uh, oh, well, he, his love of fire wasn't done. When he was 17, he burned down a garage. Okay. He was into watching things burn. Sure. He liked watching it spark kick off and then just start burning away. He didn't want to hurt anyone, but he, you know, he, he liked it. He enjoyed it. <laughs> Though he didn't understand why, quote, I never got anything I asked for when I was a kid, but mom and dad was always trying to be there. Good, good. Doesn't sound like they were too well. No, because was. Yeah. Still, his dad blamed himself for James' troubles. Uh, James set other fires, and then uh, he was caught. James ended up getting a five-year sentence for burning down the garage and the other fires that he had been caught setting off. But when he got out, he returned to his life of crime and uh, became super into petty burglary. Okay. Although he did hold down a pretty great job as a janitor at the Burger King. Okay, so he's kind of like a Goodwill Hunting, but without the math, and yeah. just replace that with theft. I'd also like to point out that there, fire the, and arson. there was a time when Burger Kings had janitors. Oh, that's a fun time. That's a they fun don't time. anymore. They just make everybody clean it. It works there. But they actually had a guy Is that, that right? they... Well, they clearly had a guy that they employed as right. janitor. No, no. You Not anymore, that. right? Yeah. When you're done with the fries, can you clean the bathroom? It's a lot of that. Ugh. Clean the messes from the animals. Uh, there's no, they actually don't do the animals there. I, I'm calling the people the animals. Oh. After work, James enjoyed, after work, James enjoyed, uh, drinking at the local dive bar or at his half brother's house. He would drink a case of beer every night. Can I just say that this, it sounds all right. It's not a bad life. It's not terrible. He's made his choices. He hasn't hurt anyone. I mean, he's starting to steal. He enjoys, uh. Case of beer night's a little heavy. He enjoys, he enjoys being near burgers. Yeah. He enjoys uh, a beer, Simple a lot of it, pleasure. a case. Simple pleasure. Likes fire? This is like his dating profile. It's a basic man. Yeah. I enjoy lighting fires, uh, hanging out at Burger Kings, and drinking a case of beer at night. Um, he was Scorpio. also... I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio. I, like, I like long walks near the fire. Long walks near the fire, going in the fire, lighting fires. I like to get burgers from the Burger King and take it over to the fire. Yeah. I like beer. Did I mention that? I'm running out of room. Uh, he was also said to be the quiet type. He was quiet. He wasn't like a crazy loud guy. He was like the quiet guy. Yeah, well, that's what they always say you got to watch out for those ones. Dave. He married a woman named Susan. Okay. Let's just hit pause. Sure. How low is her self-esteem? Well, does she know the deal? She's got to. Everyone <laughs> in the town knows the case deal. Of yeah, case of beer at night is like... She, it's not like he's hiding the case of beer at night. Problematic. Yeah. And he works at... He's a janitor at Burger King, so... Yeah. It's not, he's not the greatest catch. Uh, no, low. Uh, you know, low. The, Although she worked at a truck stop. Still. Uh, they like to go dancing at the local roadhouse and would then head down to the river to talk. Right? So a little, uh, sure. little couple's time. Sure. Before river dance, there was river talk. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But wherever he went, uh, James would hear laughing and people pointing and saying, there's the guy who burned down the elementary school. So he can't get away from this town. Right? Well, Sorry. That's but, his rep. Sorry, but does he have a leg to stand on when it comes to complaining about I don't know if he's people? complaining, but... I mean, it's not like he has a weird leg. He's trying to like start over. Just like he's like, man, oh man, get over it. Yes, I burned down a school in a garage. Good Lord. <laughs> God, enough of the glaring already. I'm a person too. Like you've never burned down a school. Oh, good Lord. Then came 1993. There were high soil moisture levels throughout the Mississippi River Valley that year because of a big snowpack uh-huh. from the winter. 
Don't got to worry about that no more. Then came the rains. Uh-huh. They started in April. 48, finch, 48 inches fell in central Iowa. That was 15 inches over normal. How is this going <laughs> to... By the time June came along, the soil was soaked and any rain was just running off. Uh-huh. Then came an unusual weather pattern that would soak the northern Mississippi River Valley even more. A high-pressure ridge moved in from the Atlantic and parked itself in front of the stream of clouds. Now the rain clouds were just stopped, held up by what seemed like an invisible air damp. Some places got over 30 inches of rain, which was 200% more than normal. It usually rains for eight days in that area, but that July it rained for 20 or more days. The weather systems just sat there. The Missouri River crested at a record 48.9 feet at Kansas City on July 27th. The water, uh, that water then poured into the Mississippi River which, River, which crested at 49 feet in St. Louis on August 1st. This was a flood event on a scale that had never before been seen. Now, there's a fl- flood control system for the upper Mississippi, which is made up of uh, reservoirs, urban levees, and agricultural levees. And the levees began to fill. Upriver from Quincy, hundreds failed. Near Quincy, 10 failed. It seemed pretty clear to the media that there was no stopping what was happening. The New York Times wrote, quote, There is nothing anyone can do. People sandbagged like crazy and still lost. Flooding was so bad that uh, people didn't have drinking water, and Anheuser-Busch distributed water in six-packs with their logo on it. Wait, they... they... Instead of filling up beer cans, they filled it up with water, and they gave those out. <laughs> But they, what, the label said Anheuser-Busch? Yeah, water, I guess. Anheuser-Busch water? I guess it said water. <laughs> or it just said Anheuser-Busch. Uh, almost beer. Yeah. Okay. People are buying it. What the fuck? I Could you imagine the time that James had with that? Oh, man. I, okay, I could do I, 60 uh, of these things. <laughs> I don't feel nothing. And this was the world James Scott was living in. Or the in, person, you know, when people used to get, like, people used to play that joke on people where they'd give them the sharps test. Where you'd give them a non-alcoholic beer and see if they'd have Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah for those people, too. You know, yeah. people would be like, man, I'd say it's just nice to have a couple cocktails with friends. It's water. Uh, oh, man. I'm a loser. Yeah. That's, what we, that's why we're here. Oh, God. Hey, loser. I'm such a pussy. Yep. <laughs> we had, when I, there was something called near beer when I was a kid. Near beer? Do you understand that? It's uh, near to beer, but it's not beer. That was not alcoholic. <clears throat> yeah. Or it was just like. Well, it was near beer. Like molasses with alcohol in it? I, I can't imagine how bad it tasted. <laughs> uh, so this is where J- James Scott is there in mid-July 1993. The earthen levee was not in great shape in Quincy. The townspeople had sandbagged the West Quincy levee, which made uh, which was made to hold back 30 feet of water. Okay. The earth levee was covered in plastic sheets to stop erosion. Sandbags were put on top of the sheets to keep them in place. Plastic was also used... Uh, to form chutes on the back of the levee to siphon off the rainwater instead of having it soak in. But now the water looked like it would be higher than 30 feet. So bulldozers were used to build the levee up. This was a great sign that the Army Corps of Engineers had miscalculated the situation. At this point, they should not have been using bulldozers on the levee. Right, so that's something they should have already had it at the height it should be, not when the water starts coming. Right, you're saying, yeah, they uh, they underestimated this problem, right, yeah. It had been uh, raised earlier in the summer by topping with 15 feet of dredged sand. So moving earth around on a levee at this point, you're making the levee skinnier and higher. Which is worse and not better. That's Yeah, that's – I mean it's higher, but it's less – Yeah, yeah. not good. Thinner's not better. No. 
Oh, this will be fine. They teach you that in engineering school. Uh, well, look, we have one or two. I mean, we don't have a lot of good options here, so let's skinny it up. Class, this is day one of engineering. Uh, this lecture is called Thinner is Not Better. I already have a question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Huh? We're going to move on. <laughs> Damn. The move, according to the ACE, supposedly made it strong enough for 32 feet of water, and the water level was at 31.9 feet. Oh, well, I there's mean, there's not like, a lot of, like, there's whatever. not, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, leeway. Uh, you'll be fine. The residents kept an eye on the levee, watching for. I, I'll bet they did. <laughs> watching for you issues. You know, this is really important to me. <laughs> Watching for issues, using sandbags to help shore up unsafe-looking areas. James' uh, mother's friend, Janet Maglioschetti. Uh-huh. Italian? Uh, I think double Italian. Okay. Uh, told James to go out and help, and that's what he did. James went and started sandbagging the levee on July 12th. He worked on it with many other volunteers for four days. He saw this as a way to fix his tarnished reputation in the town. He thought people would see him and think, quote, Jimmy's not that bad. Jimmy's a good kid. Jimmy can do good. So he's trying to, he's trying to fix his reputation. But also, trying let's, to fix it. let's be honest, he also just doesn't have a condition to make fires right now. So he's got idle hands. He's trying to fix it. He's trying to fix his Yeah, rep. but because he's, like, bored because he can't light fires. He, if anyone wants the water to not come down near him, it's him. Like yeah, he, that's true. I mean, he, wa- he this is a fire-based man. But I don't think he hasn't lit a fire since he's been out of prison. Well, it's been raining most of the time. Oh, no, he's been out of prison for a while. Listen. He, all he did light a fire at his wedding. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, my God. Has anyone seen my dad? And now the groom will set the bride on fire. This is the best part. One day, James and his wife, Susie, went down to the levee to sandbag together. But it was too late, and the volunteers had shut down for the night. So the couple went to a Villa Catherine Castle on Front Street. It just sounds like they don't seem like it sounds like material. it sounds like Catherine Castle wanted to open up a place, so she called it Villa Catherine Castle. Okay, as long as it's not an actual castle, because they should not be in a real castle. No, well, I, this is not a castle. This okay. is a dive bar. Oh, okay, good. Uh, that was where they like to do their drinking. Right. So after they rode around and then went, uh, they went to his half brother Dan's house, and there James said, "quote." I partied like a rock star. We were drinkers. There were a lot of parties around that time, a lot of drinking. So he's turning it loose. Yeah, but see, also, if there's a quote of him being on record talking specifically about Mm -hmm. this, that tells me that our levee's about to break. You don't know that? Our levee's too high and thin. (laughs) The next day, James and Susie woke up early. Susie went to her job at 18-wheeler, a truck stop in nearby Missouri. James decided to go out uh, uh, sandbagging. He worked through the morning with volunteers, shoring up the levee. It was really hot and muggy. The Army Corps of Engineers were there, and they told the volunteers what to look for and how to fix it. They were told to look for boils and other problem spots. Boil. I can think it's like a... Like a like I water. found a cancerous mole, sir! <laughs> Cut her out! <laughs> Get her biopsied! <laughs> Even though levees were giving... Uh, giving uh, in up and down the river from Quincy, the people in the town thought theirs was going to hold for no reason, really. Hmm. They just believed their levy would hold. You know, I, I went I went back because I, I couldn't understand why everyone thought their levy was going to hold based on all the other levies failing. 
And then I found a, a new a local news guy, a new like TV station. He had his own TV station, K something. Good, good already. And he's walking around and he's interviewing people. And then I realized, oh, this guy's a minister, and he's like covering the town as like a news guy. But it's all like, and Jesus will provide. And he like, okay, go- wait, sorry. So- <laughs> Jesus will provide. We'll be okay. And then he, at one point, he went up to a group of guys and he talked to him. And then he was like, "All right, God bless." And they're all like, "God bless." They all like yelled it back. And I was like, "Okay, so this is a religious town. Good news. This is a town who believes that maybe God is going to provide for them and save them from the levy. Unlike the other towns who are full of heathens He's and monsters." Put a big hand there and be like, oh. "What I'm talking about?" Yeah. James and some others were given the job of wading along the northern levee to duct tape holes in the plastic tarp. Well, <laughs> you know what? Look, they say it can. It's a very versatile product. However, it's good. For, I think it, we all know that it's not the best thing to be doing. It has stopped so many floods. Unless you're trying to tape a box really duct, shut. Duct tape is not the main. The main thing it's used for is stopping floods. I don't think that's true. Mm. I don't think that's true. Well, prove me wrong. I, well, James was with. I'm talking. <laughs> oh, 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 sir! James James was with another guy uh, who he thinks was named Rudy, or wait. or Bob. Wait, wait, wait! What? <laughs> Sorry, you're right. You are talking. What? James was walking with another guy on the levee uh-huh. who he thinks was named Rudy, uh-huh. or or Bob. Okay. So it was Rudy or Bob. Okay. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> So Not even remotely similar. Yeah. Just completely different names. It's either uh, Rudy or Jebediah. <laughs> Hard to tell them to. I always get those two mixed up. Jebediah and Max. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so they were walking along looking at the levee and they came uh, upon a National Guard member named Duke Kelly. James told Kelly that he had seen water coming from under the plastic tarp, and Kelly said if it was a big problem, he'd contact someone to deal with it. Then he walked off to look at the problem area. That evening, James was wrapping it up for the night and got into his car when two men told him the levee had broke. And it was a hell of a break. Water came fast and furious. It, the video is great. Like, it's just like a... a f- it's, like, it's like a white water oh, fucking gosh. situation. Like, it's just pouring in. Uh, it was... Uh, so it's moving fast. Within seconds, a barge parked up river came through the breach and into the town. So that's how fast it's moving. It has sucked a barge in, that's and then it sucks in a second barge behind it. Oh, my God. One of them crashed into a gas station, and four gas tanks exploded. Good. So now Perfect. it's a giant, fiery, disaster river situation. They need me. <laughs> Fire. 14,000 farm acres would be ruined and hundreds of people's homes. James walked along the levee talking to people about what he'd seen and heard. Of course, that's what you do in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. You fucking walk around and you go, Jesus Christ, can you believe this? You know what I saw. And then he was talking to a state employee when a newscaster named Michelle McCormick asked him or to... Or Stephanie Andrews. Or Stephanie Bob. Yeah. Asked him to comment on the levee and tell her audience what he knew and what he had done to help with the levee. He was nervous, but he managed to brag about what he had done and said he had seen spots that were a problem. James then went to help the Coast Guard load boats into the water. And as he walked down from the levee, the reporter grabbed him again and asked him if he would do a live interview on the 10 p.m. news. Oh, boy. Sure, he said. So he was good. Sure, he said. There was something about him. Yeah. At home, Sergeant Neil Baker was watching the news when up popped good old James Scott. 
Baker just returned from FBI training in Quantico that day, so he's probably on high alert. Oh, right? no. His, his sniffer's up. No. His local town cop sniffer's up. This is like a Coen Brothers scene. Sergeant Baker had been working in Quincy for many years and knew James pretty well for all the wrong reasons. Baker was the cop who had arrested James for arson. Uh, he had also been a cop when James and his brother burned down the elementary school. So when a cop like that seems to know a known bad guy on TV, pays attention, right? Uh-huh. Quote, when I see Jim Scott standing on a levee with it as hot as it was, professing out his love for mankind to have worked on a levee, it just went against everything I knew about him. Uh-huh. And the sergeant was immediately suspicious of James' stories. James couldn't name uh, anyone else there. He didn't know what happened at the time, and he couldn't describe just simple things he had done. Also, James looked way too clean for a guy who said he was working on the levee that day, and he wasn't wearing a life jacket. <laughs> and and Baker, Baker knew James. His answer seemed squirrely, like he was lying. Sergeant Baker said, quote, my antenna were raised as I listened to him. He can't answer these simple questions. And if you watch it, he's looking around there at first and the things he had to say and the way he said them and the fact that he's over there to begin with, you know, you scratch your head. So this is James Scott I love starting off that interview because there's only a tiny bit of what he did. What did you see at that point where we see the break right now? What did you see? I walked down there uh, earlier this evening, and I, I was looking, and I seen some seepage, and I also seen uh, uh, like some sand boils. I- okay, so that doesn't sound like a guy who sounds squirrely at all, does it? That sounds like a guy who is being, being very explanatory about what he has seen. It does. I also love when, like, uh, like when uh, rednecky people try to sound super competent. Yeah. I was uh, walking around earlier this evening. (laughs) Come on, say what you want to say. Well, I was kicking shit earlier tonight. Anyway. Wait, so... So so that doesn't really jive up with the cop's description of him. Because the cop's description is that he doesn't know what he was doing. He he couldn't answer any questions. Right at the bat, he answers the questions. So the terms he's using are like... They certainly make it seem like he knows a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out whose side we're on. I wish... I wish I could have found more of that interview, but it cut off then. Like, that was from another piece about what happened. Uh-huh. So immediately someone started doing a voiceover at that part. But I wish – I couldn't find the full interview, right. but it would be great to find. Um, uh, Baker uh, – Sergeant Baker also noticed that, you know, he's not dirty. He doesn't have the lights vest on. And he didn't have a partner working with him, which is also a weird thing because he's doing an interview. There shouldn't, it's not like there would be a partner with him. Yeah, but also Sergeant Baker's making a lot of conclusions. Sure. So he wants guilt. Deputy Sheriff John McCoy turned on the news because what he heard over this radio sounded like something uh, was wrong. And there was James Scott being interviewed. And James was someone he knew well, not a good person, according to Sheriff McCoy. McCoy immediately thought. James, quote, went and sabotaged the levy. I mean, from what he was saying, who he was, and what his past track record is, my suspicions were that he broke it. What? Oh, do you have any questions at this point? Does, does it seem like maybe there was a jump? There, does it feel like we went there, from there, 1 to 30? There's literally no other evidence other than just deciding that since he's there and the levy's down and he's being interviewed, that he destroyed the levy? That is correct. <laughs> 
Well, that's justice for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's exactly right. Okay. So, so two people individually have already decided. Two police officers. <laughs> Have decided, Independently, have decided that just by seeing him on the news, something's up. And probably, I would imagine, just getting angry seeing this guy yeah. that they'd have to deal with as a criminal for so long People up there. A hero. Right. Yeah. Being angry at that, right. I would imagine. Right. Adorable. So now the focus is on, uh, though, making sure people are safe, waiting for the floodwaters to receive and get people in, in the town back into place, etc. And they did. But James said the suspicion began right away in the town. What was that troublemaker James Scott doing on the levy? Levy, everyone was wondering. Soon the police got to work. James said he was interviewed many times about well, the levy. Sorry, what's up with the levy? <laughs> Last I heard, barges were hitting gas stations. Oh, it's gone. And the, 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 there's so just the a giant, a giant. Gone. And it's the, and this is how they're putting the pieces back together by pinning it on him. Blame, blame fucking Jimmy Jam. That's okay. right. <laughs> That'll do. That's your duct tape. <laughs> Soon the police got to work. James said he was interviewed many times about the levy, but Sergeant Baker said James was making himself scarce. Actually, Sergeant McCoy said that. I want, did he not like cops for some reason? I don't know. I don't know why. When they're Lord. when they're looking for him, he's avoiding him. He what? I'll assume. I'll, we'll assume both is happening. We'll assume that he is making himself scarce, and they're interviewing him many times. Both sure. are probably going on. Sure. Sergeant Baker talked to people in uh, James' neighborhood. Uh, he said, uh, "Well, he he reported that they said the people in his neighborhood said James had said things like, quote, I'm going to break the levy now.'" <laughs> and and I mean um I mean I'm gonna go get some pancakes. And wouldn't it be cool to be there when the levy broke? So what now is there's a walking cartoon. There's well, there's something that comes up if you if you look at a lot of cases and stuff. And that's when cops lie. A lot of times they do it horribly. Right. Like these aren't cops that probably are used to lying. Right. Because these 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 are atrocious statements right. to think that any no matter how dummy he's right. not going to I'm going to break the levy now. Right. Oh, you know what's weird about James? He's horribly autistic. <laughs> like it's just completely insane. Well, I think I should tear the levy apart. I don't know. He didn't say anything weird. Well, other than the time he said he should try to run through the levy and break it so he could be there, and then it would be swim time. I want to be on the news by breaking the levy. <laughs> just, just like as someone's like duct taping all. Do you hear that guy just said? That guy just said wants to break the levy so he can be on the news. That's right. You heard me correct. This levy going down will be great for me to get on the news. I'm worried about. What? Dude. We're we're working on the levy here. A little weird or what? Baker uh, said in the investigation, everything kept coming back to James. And I would imagine because, because that's all they were asking about. Right, because it's an investigation into James. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. Your questions will lead you to that. I don't know. We asked him about this guy about James for 20 minutes, and he just kept talking about James. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. He answered the questions about James. That name keeps coming up. On October 1st, months later, Sergeant Baker, so they started a whole, like, they got the state involved. Like, it's a whole, Curve there's like a task force now. Sure. Created. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Good. October 1st, months later, Sergeant Baker found James eating a bur at Burger King after getting off work. Well, <laughs> of course, he's eating there. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, walked to a KFC. He was arrested for a burglary in Quincy. 
and taking to the police. A burglary. A burglary. He's a hamburglary. Burger King. We're calling it a burglary. Uh, he was taken to the police station for questioning. They did this even though they had already determined James was working the night of the burglary. So, so they know he's innocent of this burglary, but they are bringing him in to question him on a burglary that they know he's innocent of. They're just trying to get him in to talk to him about the levy. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, cool. So it wasn't. It wasn't like a, a, a harsh interrogation. Uh, it was very conversational. They even took a couple of smoke breaks together, like casual playing the nice cop thing. Uh-huh. Quote, there were several things Mr. Scott was suspected of, and we talked about all of them, Sergeant Baker said. James knew he was being questioned about the levy break. James had a, a different memory. He says he was denied. He denied all the crimes that he was being, because they were, they were accusing him like four different uh burglaries and different things. Mm-hmm. He said he denied... So, so anytime that he lives like out of one, they were like, all right, oh, let's see. I'm sure you're going to match up with one of these eventually. I got one right here, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, someone stole a lady's computer, her home computer. Now you? You know about that? Now you? You take it? Come on, what is My it? daughter's jacket's missing! <laughs> all right, easy, Connor. Easy, easy. You son of a bitch, you fucking... You kid jacket. You kid jacket, take a... Let me get him! You gotta let Carl be, okay? You see, Carl's Carl's a little hot right now, James. That's because my kid's jacket's gone. I want answers. You look me in the eyes and you tell me you didn't take her jacket. Carl, maybe take a five. I'm taking five! He better not be here when I get... He better, no, he should be here when I get back. So what are you he better not or shouldn't... I'm not gonna let him go. Go take a smoke. All break. right, I'll be outside! That fucking jacket. Shut the door. So James says he was denied. He denied all the crimes, and that he'd been trying to put his life back together since he got out of prison and had not committed any crimes. They talked about the levy last that they that they both agree on. Oh, they Columboed him. Sergeant Baker says James admitted to two of the crimes they discussed, but denied two others. Obviously, James completely disagrees with that. Baker says James then admitted he sabotaged the levy. That James told him he took the sandbags off a depressed area of the levee three oh, times. I don't think I'm good enough. Three times. You know what? You know what, Sergeant? Now, now that you asked me about it months later, you're right. I did pick up sandbags and put them somewhere else. I'm doing my impression of the depressed levee. Oh. Oh. I don't think I can hold it anymore. It's okay. No, it's not worth it. You know what? Just let your feelings out. Talk about it. No, it's not worth it. It doesn't ever change anything. I'm letting all the water go. No, 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 no. You know, depression, there's one thing I want people to take away. Depression is serious. And if you're a levy, you should get help. Yep. We've all battled it. According to police, James' story does not match up. He said he saw a trouble spot on the levy, grabbed four sandbags from another area, and put them on the trouble spot. Aha! That actually holds up. Uh, James then told Baker he didn't mean to make it worse. If that's what happened, he was just trying to help. Uh-huh. <laughs> Quote, <coughs> my town was in trouble. The folks in Quincy and in West Quincy were about to lose everything. That's why I went down to that levy. I had no plans to hurt anything. They needed help. So I helped his statement that he moved sandbags was taken as a confession by Sergeant Baker. <laughs> that must've been a really fun miscommunication. Aha. No, no, I moved the sandbags because there was another part that was really bad. So, so I was trying to fix that. It. 
Yeah, I'm admitting. James, I'm proud of you. No, no, I'm admitting that I I tried to help help with the levy. You're admitting it. Right now, I'm saying that I moved the sandbags to. All right, a, you heard it here first, folks. No, to the part that was worse. I was trying to. There was a there was water. Did you move the sandbags. Yeah, because. Yeah, James Next! James Scott was charged with. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> oh my god. Causing a catastrophe. Wow, that is... Yep. That's... Um, that's a serious... You get on a jury and you hear that, you're like, okay. Now let's just step back. Causing a catastrophe. And think that if you, when you were a kid, burned down the school, the effect of that is that they either had to have school in weird places or kids had to be bused farther away to go to another school until the right. school was rebuilt. It probably affected a lot of people's lives. Sure. Oh, boy. He was the first person in Missouri charged with the crime causing a catastrophe. And the last? It, I think, believe so. I haven't heard it since. There's a woman in Utah who was charged with it, but I haven't looked up why yet. Uh, it had only been on the books for 20 years. Now people in Quincy had found a reason the levy, which they were so sure would hold, did not hold. Of course, it was James Scott. Yeah. Town bad boy. He had burned down the elementary school. The story they heard wasn't that he found a trouble spot and tried to fix it with sandbags that were there, but that he had removed the sandbags. If we don't put him in jail, wind will be next. (laughs) (laughs) The prosecutors had a tough case on their hands. All the evidence they had was the interrogation and the TV interview. (laughs) That's not a lot of evidence. Oh, it's actually no evidence. What what did they have in the interrogation? It was recorded or it was... No, there's no indication. So it's just going to be cops... Yeah, yeah. There, I didn't see any indication that it was recorded. It's, is, it's, is that not abnormal? It's a little weird. Yeah. Uh, then another shifty character came forward with an amazing story. We call shifty character. Joe Flox, who was a young kid, often in trouble, uh, currently under house arrest. Suddenly he, he has a story. Uh-huh. Um, he said that James had told him he was going to break the levy so Susie would be stuck in Missouri which would allow James to keep partying in Illinois and screw other women. Oh, my gosh. He also said James was excited that the levee breaking would lead to some great fishing. Uh, James said that conversation absolutely did not happen. (laughs) But we all wish that it did. Here's what he told me. He told me he's going to break the levee so he could get a bunch of pussy. (laughs) What is it? But, I mean, you know, look. Look. It's hard. It's hard to justify it, but it's I now mean, justified. If, 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 if that was his angle, I'm 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 listening Lean, a little. More. I'm leaning, James. All right, James. Let him finish. <laughs> Let him finish. Now, this, of course, made it a very enticing story to the media. Oh, the 1993 flood was already huge news all over the country, and now it seemed there was a crazy asshole who had made it worse. The AP put up a story on the Newswire. Then the New York Times... Crazy ro- asshole made it worse. Then the New York Times wrote up an article about James. CBS and ABC Evening News led off their evening news with stories about James Scott, the levee breaker, so I can party and make ladies get fucked guy. Uh, <sighs> CNN and Court TV sent reporters... I don't know what's going to be wetter. The land or my bedroom <laughs> from all the pee. <laughs> What? The pussy. That's oh, for pussy. Because it seemed like, yeah. Because you drink saying. a case of beer at night? Is that why? Why? You pee in your bed? Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Okay. That's why I broke the levy. I get it. I want to get my bed cleaned. That's not how to do it. That is not how to do Well, now I know. Now I know. James attorneys asked for a tra- change of venue. None of the none of the reporters covering it told their audience James' side of the story. The truth was, James had gone to get his wife the next morning, but the bridge in Quincy was closed because of the flood, so he had to drive a five-hour detour each way to pick up his wife in Missouri. So instead of breaking the levee and then fucking all over town, what he really did was drive 10 hours to pick up his wife, who he apparently wanted to cheat on, according to the cops. Right, yeah, because he just wanted to keep the party going. But, but that, so that's yeah. that's a that's a hard uh, that's a hard one to uh, yeah. You think he'd take advantage of it? James said, uh, "Flax story was completely fabricated." Quote: My car was in the shop getting a new starter, and as soon as it was ready on July seventeenth, I went and picked Susie up. I brought her home less than twenty four hours after the levy failed. She was home with me in Illinois, but the people in the town wanted bad things to happen to James because they were convinced he had done it. Maybe that was because of the West Quincy Levy District Commissioner, Donald Bauman, had gone on TV three days before the levy broke to guarantee that it wouldn't break. Mm. Interesting. Local insurance agent Jack Freeberg said, quote, if you ask me, they should have the trial here locally. Know what we would do? We'd, hung, we'd have hung them from the Bayview Bridge and let the birds get at them. The birds should get a crack at Jimmy Scott. Well, I think that's a case for not holding it there. <laughs> I rest my case, Your Honor. That's why we should have her here. Well, uh, uh, the defense, it's your turn. Uh, we just love what he did, Your Honor. That's what we think. May I speak up, Your Honor? I would like to cut him in half. Uh, so we should have it here. Thank you. I rest. My name's Jimmy Earl. You've already rested. Local farmer Bob Local farmer Bob Hoffmeister. Just a Hey, <laughs> hey I'm the Hoffmeister. Want some homebrew? Said James was a sick man who could do no right. He believed James was too dangerous to be in society. When he was asked how he knew James was guilty of the crime, he said just knowing James Scott over the years was enough knowledge. That's good enough. Don't know why we can't hold the trial here. <laughs> quote, we knew he was the man. He's guilty of being a prick. We, quote, we knew he's the man. It was only a matter of proving it. He's a menace to society and too dangerous to be free. I mean, that literally just goes against your rights. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the exact opposite. They would like to lynch him. We know that he's guilty. Now we just got to prove it. <laughs> Bob also had a suggestion for how to deal with James. Maybe hang him from a tree and go. everybody go home for lunch. Uh, my idea was actually that we hang him from the Bayview Bridge and let the birds peck him to death. Okay, but what about the food part? Oh, good point. That is a good point. So, dinner? Yeah, I think that works. I rest again. I can make meatballs. Oh, good, Marge will make meatballs. I rest, I re-rest. They had uh, a trial a few months later. Due to all the publicity, the trial was moved to Kirksville, 68 miles west of West Quincy. Prosecutors put up a flax on the witness stand with his sex and fishing story. And they, it's weird that it's always weird that a, a guy who already has like a criminal uh, situation happening uh, then takes the witness stand. But there you go. You mean and then is like uh, suddenly now is like credible. Yeah. When when he says what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, listen. When when, hey. when, you, when, you, when you 
when your cover is that good, share it. That's right. Oh, his idea was to just fucking fish. <laughs> oh, that was the whole angle, guys. He said, he came up to me and he said, I want to get pussy and I want to fish with my hands. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> he said he wanted to live like a bear with a boner. <laughs> Just eating raw fish. Hey, what are you up to later? <laughs> what a bear. Oh my God. There's a river monster. That's right. There is a river monster. No, it's no, in no, my no, pants. No, 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 no. Uh, and they made the case that James cut the plastic sheets covering the levee, and then this is their case: James cut the plastic sheets covering the levee, and then burrowed through the sand until the water rushed in. So he like turned himself into a human worm. So he's mole man. Yeah. So so his his plan is to cut the sheets and then just burrow in there like a mole, and then swim through earth. That'll be fine. <laughs> oh God! Now, now this is this is a place where the water, like a human torpedo man. The water, remember, yeah. is so forceful that it carried a barge through right. within seconds. Yeah, and then a second. So if he did that, he'd be dead. Right. Yeah. Never mind that. He's right. Under a tidal wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been a dream. Uh, anyway, uh, and also. Remember James Baker, Sergeant James, Sergeant Baker. I mean, I remember Baker. He said his clothes were don't say what clean. Oh, remember clean? after burrowing like a yeah. worm. Um, well, and also like if you were like like you're saying like if you were to un, if you were to if that were to hit you, yeah, it'd be filthy, fucking a mess. Yeah. <sighs> a clean man who burrowed into the dirt levee like a worm. Yep. Prosecutors had claimed before the trial that James was making up National Guardsman Duke Kelly and the other guy who he said was named Rudy or Bob. God, if well, that, only pegged out who it is. Then Duke Kelly was located, but not Bob Rudy. Yeah. The defense called witnesses. One was Dr. Charles Morris, a civil engineer with the University of Missouri. Dr. Morris testified that the West Quincy levee would have broken without being sabotaged. Dr. Morris said there was water coming through the levee days before it failed. A sign it was failing. Quote, the reason I testified is I thought the jury should know that no one had anything to do with the uh, to cause the levy to fail. I don't know if Mr. Scott did anything or not. They also called Duke Kelly, the National Guardsman. He testified that a man had told him about a soggy spot in the levy. And that man was with the Bob Rudy character. So but he's, do, he's corroborating. Bob he's corroborating Rudy. that Bob Rudy was there and exists, and that he was also told by. But Bob Rudy. Duke Kelly could not ID James. He didn't remember the guy who said it to him. But he couldn't. Okay, he so could. He, he couldn't specifically say that was the guy. Right. The guardsman also said he started to go to the soft spot, but then turned around before inspecting it. Wait, who who did <laughs> the guard? Yeah. So James goes up and tells the National Guardsman. Uh-huh. Hey, there's a soft spot over there. You should check it out. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." And then he didn't. Right. Okay. Right. That that so broke. James, right. Interesting angle on the plan. Very confident. In mm. uh, and then I turned into Mole Man. <laughs> James did not testify in his defense because he had burned down a school, a garage, and other stuff. Right. The other big defense witness was Dr. David Hammer, who was a professor and soil. Yeah. Doctor. Bring in the hammer. Doctor Hammer, PhD in soil. Who he was I'm a professor? A he was a soil scientist at the University of Missouri's Civil Eng- Environment Engineering Department. Amber's testimony was simple: "Quote: 
It wasn't a matter of if that levy would fail, but when. So that's an expert guy. Right. Expert guy saying. It, it really is shock. Yeah. Like, of course it's going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. They was, were all failing up yeah, and down the it river. It was failing. It was in the process of failing. After the flood had ended, Hammer had participated in a study of 1,083 uh, levees that broke in the 1993 flood. Wow. They came up with six factors that would lead to levee failure. The West Quincy levee had all six factors. Yeah. So it had every one. It was going to fail. Right. The levee was actually so expected to fail that three news airplanes were flying above the town at the time with cameras rolling, ready for it to go. Helpful. <laughs> the river had been above flood stage at Quincy since April, four feet above the original earth levee, but below the new sand addition. When Dr. Hammer showed six colleagues a map of Quincy, two of them guessed exactly where the break had occurred. <laughs> the other four were within 50 yards. Okay. This is the place the townspeople were convinced was the strongest part of the levee until James came. The same part, the ACE had bulldozed in July, oddly. Uh huh. Right. And made it thinner. Right. <clears throat> Hammer said Mississippi River levees were built to handle a quick rise and fall. But in 1993, this was like an endless months-long flood. Uh-huh. Not how they were built. They basically, um, by bulldozing it, were making it taller and thinner, or as Dr. Hammer called it, quote, absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> Medically speaking. <laughs> Just from a scientific from point a of view, standpoint. this is fucking batshit crazy. Uh, a total disaster. That was my favorite quote of the whole fucking thing. That's great. Keeping it real. Um, a 100-foot-wide breach opened up in seconds after the, le- the levee was over top. So uh-huh. that's why the barge went through, because it was a fucking giant, right. like a, a, a hundred feet is crazy. So Dr. Hammer also said if James had breached the levee like a worm, as prosecutors claimed, he would have drowned. Hammer was very critical of the Army Corps of Engineers and of the prosecutors after the trial. Hammer believed James was innocent due to science, and the prosecutor spent all his time trying to make the science confusing. How weird. Science can be so annoyingly. How so very weird. Yeah. Quote, one of the things the prosecutor said that was absolutely dumbfounding, his opening statement was, we were fighting the river and we were winning. Bullshit. (laughs) There had been something like 11 or 12 levee failures, almost one a day upriver. So Hammer's not having it. (laughs) is this guy no after the trial and hammer believes the local government and uh the army corps of engineers set themselves up the west quincy levy district commissioner who had guaranteed the levy wouldn't break was also a prosecution witness so a man who only had his entire reputation to gain by lying and finding a scapegoat so what did he say (laughs) i did it well i have to be honest My guarantee was off. A bit. Just a tad. A tiny. And up in bed. Oh, thank God. Oh, Jesus. Thank God I did The chairman of the West Quincy Levy Drainage District also testified, saying the levy was rock solid. Uh, the one they had to bulldoze. Yeah. To make it. That one was rock solid. Rock solid. He explained that he had patrolled the levee and that the bulldozed area held the water, high water and when the river was at 31.97 feet. When the water came uh, through... The level was at 31.67 feet, four inches lower. Yeah. So, so uh, hey. Goyfies. Huh? Hello. If it goes down, 
the it's only f- thirty feet of water. Why would it make the thing? Don't even don't even apply science to this. So now, uh, so no way an earthen dam that had been thinned and soaking for months could break. No way. The chairman said there was a five percent chance the levee would break before James Scott came along. Uh huh. That's five okay. percent. Okay. Quote: We so felt there is a chance. The five percent. Yeah. Quote, we felt that we could have held it out without James being there. It's sort of like a basketball game. It's very much like a basketball game. You're behind by one point, Mm -hmm. and you're going up for the easy layup, and the ref stops the game with about 10 seconds left. You can't prove you're going to win, but we felt we could have. The jury nods like morons. It is like a basketball game. I agree. Why, goddammit, that happened to me once. I was going to make a layup. And then the ref blew. Guilty! The Army Corps of Engineers also stated, also started, sorry, the Army Corps of Engineers also started an internal investigation to find out why so many levees failed. James. Just two months after the flood, yeah, it turns out it's all James. James. Up and down the river. He went on all Up and down the river. Worming, worming, worming. Worming through all of them. (laughs) Ah, Jimmy the Worm! (laughs) Just two months after the flood... The ACE concluded the levees failed due to piping. That's when water seepage bores hole, bored holes that cause cave-ins that allow the river to go over the levee at its weakest point. So, so it's it's like so the water is like making holes in the levee, and then it's causing the levee to go down because uh-huh. it's making holes, right? right? So the levee's getting smaller, right? And then it which, goes over. Just, yeah, but which just seems like. Like basic, like, yeah. Well, like what I mean, basically what you would expect. Yeah, that seems basically like what would be the totally rational reason. That's correct. Yeah, or a guy, or a worm man, or a magic worm boy <laughs> sent from the skies. Now the piping was made much much worse by the bulldozing, so they were idiots, right? Idiots who did not make their internal report available to James Scott's defense team. Interesting. So the jurist did not know about a piece of evidence that could undermine one of the prosecutor's main witnesses. Interesting. Bob Rudy was never found, but there was a picture of James walking with him on the levee. But but prosecutors just turned that into him proof that he was on the levee. Okay. And people didn't care that Bob Rudy was there. Oh. James was convicted. Of course. Uh, Judge Robert Clayton was harsh. Quote, I think you have a problem with unbridled aggressive behavior. I'm not sure where that anger comes from, but I cannot and will not run the risk that you may or may not be able to curtail your aggressive impulse and anger. You are a threat to society. You are in touch with reality, but you are out of touch with empathy. So maybe the water will put the fire in you out. And then he and then he and then he fucking dropped his gavel and fucking walked off. Is there any ironic twist to the idea of being like you have no empathy now have a really extended jail sentence <laughs> you got no empathy and i'm putting you away for what seems like in your window yeah. uh he was given uh, a sentence of life in prison oh shit uh he's up for parole in 2023 now due to a technicality james got another trial in 1998 okay most of the same people testified except once again, the Army Corps of Engineers' internal report was not given to the defense. Okay. So the thing that... The most... Im- important the, piece of evidence. Right. 
This time, the state's expert on levees, who used to work for the Army Corps of Engineers, said if the levee had failed due to natural causes, a larger part would have failed. He said sabotage was the only way this could have happened. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Can't argue with that. Quote, our products are solid. We like to build them with quality, and our performance ever since we've been in this kind of construction has been outstanding. So we know how they're supposed to perform. There's nothing unusual here. A thousand levees broke! Yeah, but come on. Take those out of the equation. Besides those? Take those out. We know what we're doing. Take those out. We're perfect. Those are all interesting stories, too. Under cross-examination, he admitted he could not rule out that natural processes could have caused the break. Joe Flax, who said James had told them he wanted to break the dam so he could fuck ladies and party till dawn, did not testify in 1998. As a matter of fact, the prosecutor did not even bring up motive. Huh. James was found guilty again. Wow. The, sa- the, same, the same scientist testified again right. that the levy would but have totally broke. He was convicted on less evidence. They, 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 yeah. Right. They literally, <clears throat> they, they, they literally just told the science to fuck off. Right. Well, that's a good thing we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Later, an ACE employee came forward to a member of the press. He wanted to remain anonymous to keep his job. He called the trial a witch hunt and said people at the Army Corps of Engineers office were openly talking about pinning the whole thing on James Scott. Quote, I think they found their witch. Mr. Scott is a local. Mr. Scott has had problems his whole life. He is not an upstanding citizen, as most people like to view it. And Mr. Scott was there. Is Mr. Scott capable of doing that sort of thing? Very definitely. He has created these little disasters before. Yes, he has. Is he a nice person? Definitely not. My personal problem with the whole thing is that our system is supposed to presume innocence until guilt is proven. In my opinion, that was never done. And yet this guy still believes society is better off with James Scott in jail, but just not right. in this way. Right. An actual crime would be better. Right, yeah. Right. And more fair. Quote, suffice it to say, within the first 15 minutes that uh, his broadcast aired, he was considered guilty. They knew it, and there was no way they were going to walk away without it. They wanted somebody's head. Documents from the Army Corps of Engineers reveal that six levees upriver from West Quincy were overtopped in the week before the Quincy failure. And the Corps classified the Fabius River Drainage District, a.k.a. West Quincy, as having been overtopped and not sabotaged as of August 1993, two months before James Scott was arrested. Hmm. The ACE report specifically called out the exact area of the levee that broke as being a problem on July 1st. Well, he did he have access to that information? I guess? <laughs> the human worm knew where it was most vulnerable. I'm going to I'm going to the Army Corps of Engineers to break in to find out where the worm. Time to put on the worm goggles. <laughs> James and his wife divorced while he was in prison. James is a human worm man. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> James and his wife divorced while he was in prison. He saves what money he makes, and the so-called legal expert convict tries to help him. He has found God. When a reporter tracked down Joe Flax in 2000 to get his story, Joe Flax refused to comment unless the reporter paid him. So he worked out. Joe Flax has worked out. Maybe uh, maybe we should just go right into another dollar about Joe Flax. I bet he's got some stories. Oh, God. 
Fucking small so he's town. He's still in jail. Small town justice. They were just all mad. And he's still in jail. Still in jail. He's not eligible for parole until 2023. Good lord. All he did. But really? that really that you know that is that is totally one of the many downsides to the way that our legal system works is that um, you know if you are like it once you know in order to get a new trial you need to have a lot of new evidence and even when you have that they make it so problematic yeah. and there's so many hoops to jump through in order to actually even get that heard and then again it's almost like you know when they review plays in sports like the the ju- the call's already been made there needs to be something astounding now yeah. to change people's perception of that totally totally um I guess the moral of the story is don't try to get on the news, dummy. That is the moral of the story. Right? Don't try to get on the news. Dummy. That's it. Yeah. Don't be that guy. At most, be the guy in the background just distracting. Or or like run around like an idiot in the background. And yeah. then they'll be like, there's Jim Scott doing his thing, moron. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. But be don't talk guy. like an expert because no. the people get mad. No. no, don't go up there and seem nice. The whole fucking town was like, how dare that son of a bitch. Well, uh, there's no way our levy could have broken. No way in hell we made that levy with he, God. Is he in j- he's in jail in that city? He's in jail somewhere in... in um, Near where this all took place, Missouri. I think. Yeah. So, but isn't that crazy though? That it doesn't. That some at some point people will be like, should we revisit that? They, you know, it doesn't matter because yeah, everyone's going to come out and say the same thing that yeah. he did it. They just want this guy in jail, and they probably want him in jail because when he's thirteen, he burned down. Just pay Joe Flax. Let's just let's start a Kickstarter to pay Joe Flax and do a Skype with him. By the way, that reporter that interviewed him on the levy. Yeah. So there's a guy that's been doing a lot of investigating about this, and he wrote a book. And he's written articles, and he wrote an article somewhere, and there was only one comment at the bottom of the article, and she was like, you're a liar, and you're a liar, and you're making it worse for him. And I yeah. was like, and I was like so, you're a, so you're a journalist, and you're going on this random news site, and you're the only person publicly. commenting, publicly yeah. commenting, and against the science. The yeah. science does not agree with you. At all. Yeah. Now, maybe, now let's take the case that he did. Let's say that he did remove sandbags and did want to do it. Sure. The levy was still going to break. Yeah. So, is that worth life in prison? Because he didn't technically cause a catastrophe. It was going to happen. Look, he didn't do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's the, 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 the science says he did not do it. Right. And I'm, I'm one who believes, I, I have this weird thing where I believe in science. Uh, how's that going? And angels. It's supposed to be like 85 degrees tomorrow. You prove to me that angels aren't real, and I'll believe in your 95 degrees. Get away from me. <laughs> uh, we sign cars. We just don't do it at the L.A. Sofitel, and uh, neither should you. And uh, now we're going to watch The Revenant and do commentary for people. Oh, girl! Hey. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, 
fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.